Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al-Hamamsi from Middle East Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world Where everyone's voice could be heard and listened Every week we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S&OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.com .co Stay tuned every week with our global S&OP community podcast. And our subject matter expert today is Definitely. Our great guest today is Mohamed Batouk. Mohamed Batouk, I think that you will be surprised from what I'm going to say about Mohamed Batouk. Mohamed Batouk, uh, he has only three years of experience in corporate life. But let me tell you something. I know many people that they have 20 years of experience. But when you translate these 20 years of experience, it's equivalent to one year repeated repeated. It 20 times. And the three years of experience by Batuk, I think it's relatively equivalent to 100 years of business experience and knowledge. And there is always a reason behind this. His passion to learn every day. He is a learning machine who is always hungry about getting the information, regardless where is it. During his high school, he worked as a salesman in a small store. This made him like being hungry to get and to know more about the business. Then he chose industrial engineering as a major to have more understanding about the business. Uh, Being an engineer has nourished his, uh, I would say, logical thinking ability just to challenge the status quo and challenge the problem from different perspectives and have a proper design to solve these problems. He joined uh, General Electric as internship and worked in a very massive projects with the shop floors, which enriched his leadership skills. After that, he uh, he joined the Unilever as a demand and promotion planner for KSC. And uh, luckily that he was uh, one of the people that he was in charge of S&OP for KSC. Uh, I would say S&OP gives him like uh, a zoom out view on all business end to end and at all levels operational and tactical and even strategical level. Then he decided to move out of supply chain to the trade marketing to gain more and more experience in the business, especially dealing with the retailers and shoppers. And finally, he decided to pursue his career out of corporation and manage his own business. May I ask you please to welcome with us our subject matter expert who born, I would say always as entrepreneur, Muhammad Batouk. But before just uh, introducing him, we need to give him a combo applause, please. <laughs> Hello, Ahmed. Hello, how are you? How are you? How are you? How are you? Good. Our lovely uh, audience. But- I'm really Thank humbled you. by the great introduction that uh, you guys have given me. Um, Thank, I you. Mean, Thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you so much, Mohammed. It, it adds pressure on, on me, by the way. So I'm getting <laughs> no pressure, no pressure at all, <laughs> Mohammed. <laughs> Not at all, Mohammed. Thank you so much for giving us your valuable time. Again, I keep saying that uh, experience and the, the ability, just uh, and the eagerness to learn, it's something that makes us always different. It's not about only the experience, it's about the passion to learn, which is something that uh, you are very unique on. We go to our uh, topic and uh, 
starting, uh, of course, the meaning of uh, re-innovation. Tell us about, from your perspective, the meaning of re-innovation or sometimes relaunching of the products. Mm. What's what's the meaning uh, of that and, uh, and, and how to take care of that in a professional way? Um, well, uh, Hamamsi, as uh, um, I, I think of the word renovation, it's uh, it's a really big word, uh, if you could say. So I would just write, write, uh, want to stress out on the word renovation and the word relaunch. I really think, in my point of view, I've read lots of articles about this, and uh, there is no proper definition of renovation and relaunch, and what's the difference between yeah. the two terms. I would say renovation is insisting more into um, a development effort to fine-tuning a certain product of, uh, in your company. Renova uh, relaunch is more of um, replacing an SKU with a certain SKU or replacing a product uh, with another product. That's how I would uh, explain it in a certain way. Renovation comes from the word re and the mix of innovation as well. So if you are improving the product and taking it to an another level, then that's a renovation. That's how I would summarize it in a certain way. Yeah, Mohammed, well, well said, of course, and it, it differs from one industry to another. And uh, for example, in yeah, the R&D and research and development in some companies is very strong when it comes to re-innovation because this is innovating new products. This this is what takes you to a new level and this is what takes you, uh, takes the company to, to, to a different level on its vision that is always leading in innovation. And we see a lot of companies like, remember, like, uh, for example, Toshiba leading innovation. So you see Definitely. companies like companies of high tech and company pharmaceutical companies, of course, and if you see if they are innovators, for example, for a, for a certain drug or something, they can put the high price so they they penetrate the market with the higher price and Definitely. the followers and the followers can price lower than that in, the, in a different team. And so I'll allow course, me to, to add an example yeah. of nokia as well as the most famous one and yes. they didn't uh, they didn't renovate and we, we all know that what happened to the yeah. yes yes that's yeah. that's a we great have, one we have many examples in that if you also remember netflix and look at bluster i think mm -hmm. which was out of the market suddenly because yes. they stopped the renovation and somehow i would say if you stop the renovating for your customers and if you don't listen to your customers needs and just being agile and very responsive i'm telling you that most organization we have many organizations the, many examples the, will be obsolete the, you'll be exactly. out of the market the problem is that uh, that you get big and uh, especially for market leaders when they have market shares of over 60 percent or something like the example you said so blockbusters they were leaders in uh, in, in video so when they come yeah. the idea of streaming and they said no this will never this will <laughs> never replace the video same happened i think for kodak we have example for kodak when it comes to yeah. digital and they did not lead the innovation here. And same like Batuk's saying for Nokia and uh, and uh, using the smartphones and all that. They said that this will never uh, this this will never happen. We are the leaders, so we, uh, no no we so we, we, we don't see yet. this yeah, we don't see this coming. So just coping yeah. with tech disruptions. That's why you have to innovate and you yeah. have to be always uh, yes. near to your customer or consumer. Understand what are their needs, and this is uh, how companies they are. Uh, keeping innovating and keep themselves on the in the marketplace and this is one of the things so this will will leave us to the second question batuk and just before uh, moving into the second question uh, whoever is listening to us right now feel free to ask, yeah, to ask questions. any questions of course we will, yeah definitely will jump into it and uh, i can guarantee you that discussion will be more and more interesting in the coming period so uh, we'll be waiting for your questions feel free Yes, to ask please. whatever question that you have and they will jump into it the second question the interaction is going to lead to a better discussion so yes. this is, this is, we have surprises about this that's why <laughs> the great values <laughs> so the second question that i would ask you uh, batuk why do we renovate or just why do we have <clears throat> a relaunches what what kind of or types of renovations or relaunches Definitely. And uh, thanks, Ahmed, for saying th for asking this question, actually, because uh, logically, when we know about something, we want to know why do we need to do it even? So why is it important? Um, as I mentioned, uh, renovation and relaunch, regardless of the description that I've just highlighted uh, between the two terms. However, when it comes to why do we do that, there is a certain reason. Uh, the reasons are becoming some sort of common, you would say, in between both. So 
there could be multiple reasons behind renovation. So if you can, if you want to do a renovation, actually, maybe you want to disrupt the market. You want to improve your sure. brand image, your brand equity, your uh, uh, brand positioning or a certain way. Uh, maybe for uh, relaunching, you want to fix a certain price of a product. You want to uh, change a perception about it. Uh, you want to change the product experience, for example, if you want to change a material inside, uh, you want to change an artwork, uh, shift it from a segment to another. There exactly. could be multiple reasons about that. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Exactly, like definitely. You, you, you touched on some good points. Sometimes even some uh, things happen like that, even if you're changing from one package size to another. So so you start doing, like you said, you start doing uh, this this kind of relaunch or you start to do some uh, price activities or price cuts, then then you go with, uh, with exactly. a smaller size. If you're going Definitely. to go from 30 grams to 20 grams, so that the, uh, <laughs> you're trying to Definitely. trick the customer so that they they, they don't uh, feel feel uh, this uh, this change. So yes, I, I definitely agree with you. I like uh, the examples that, that you said. That's a clear yeah. example. Yes. However, it's, it's not it's not the main intent of relaunching an, yes. a product. Of course, of so course. You change standard the price example. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you can change the price of a current product that is running right now and do the due diligence accordingly and proper communications across uh, all yeah. your business nodes. I would say. Yeah, I yeah. think that you touched upon a point, which is, I think it's very interesting when we come to it, which is. Uh, their relaunches or their re renovations types and one of the biggest pitfalls that i see from uh, an on-hand experience some of some organizations when it comes to renovations they use maybe i'll speak about a little bit about the technical part from it they they use one code one code finish good code just uh, and managing this in 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 the same code which is doesn't make sense when it comes mm -hmm. to reality because this will add up many they think that it's simple way to manage it just to not add up more creation of codes of especially finish good codes and they can manage even if you have like supply chain uh, i would say uh, the savings on it it's better mm -hmm. to manage it on one code which doesn't make sense because this will definitely add more complexity everywhere i'm saying not just only from supply chain but also from finance imagine with me each sq mm -hmm. or each product has a price structure even if we will manage it at the, uh, at the same price structure, but how we will be able to track the, the, the materials on hand and the, how we will be able to segregate from the physical quantity of the old SQs and the new one. How we will be able to track this, I would say, also from transportation and from logistics point of view. So one of the biggest pitfalls, it's not just you know working on one code. Every change, any change, small change, that you will have in your products, you have to create a new code for you to easy having just like uh, tracking systems. So it's 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 not it's not just uh, easy as this one. Definitely, definitely, Ahmed. When we come to the point of deciding on whether we want to relaunch or renovate, uh, us explaining the reasons of why do we renovate makes it easy to imagine that it's easy to re renovate exactly or relaunch a product. However. Uh, I always love to, to think about any idea as a programming model, since uh, my background mm -hmm. is in industrial engineering. So there is an yes. operational research uh, terminal or approach. It's, for example, if you have a linear programming, you have an objective function and then you have a constraint. So just set your objective function, align your constraints, and then decide on what you're going to do after that. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely the points, the, the points you mentioned regarding codes, etc., it's part of the system complexities. And then yes. the supply chain challenges faced all over the place. Sometimes, <laughs> maybe in business functions, it's easy to take a decision of relaunching without um, the considerations of the uh, system complexities and supply chain uh, complexities behind it as well. So, a really good, good point. Yeah, we need to definitely. It must to be as a, as a project uh, project management about uh, tool must be uh, all all the departments must uh, sit for for the re uh, relaunch. Uh, project or uh, or innovation or introducing innovation to the market uh, marketing sales supply chain uh, finance uh, you must study it uh, very well before the, doing uh, the launch so that you also hit the market uh, on the right time uh, you reach your products on uh, products reach the shelf on the right time so definitely i echo your voice here we have some uh, comments from, uh, from yes, some friends here can we said yeah, that this yeah. uh, start to open up again thanks yeah. god yeah we had this challenge our friend 
and brother yeah. Omar Bajmal, Manawarin. Thank you so much. Thank you, Omar, for teaming Thank you, Omar. Can you see who is here? Talal Al Murad, oh, the best Talal guys. Can we, can we give so him? Much. Can we give him yes, one applause? Yes, applause, please, 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 please huh? One of the most inspirational uh, uh, leaders here on LinkedIn, uh, yes. LinkedIn. Thank, thank you so, you so much, much for joining for us. And uh, this comment, thank you so much. Our uh, friend, uh, Iha Kanawa. Oshina, yeah, I think. Oshina, yes. good job. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, I think we have the first question from yes. our friend, Muhammad. Uh, he's asking, can we consider relaunch is kind of refresh of the product uh, example relaunch logs or x and y and the innovation could be adding new value to the product uh, definitely it could be one of the reasons Mohammed. a very good question uh, thanks for mm -hmm. asking um definitely it could be yes a relaunch can actually add value to the to the product definitely um uh, my point of relaunching that you don't relaunch unless the product is at least for whatever reason you want to relaunch at a product is at least matching the current one on 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 shelf or even at a better uh, quality for the consumer so definitely relaunching can add value whether you want to uh, play with the artwork in a certain way to get more appeal or create more demand which is the act of marketing for example uh, whether you optimize the price of the product so that it becomes appealing to the consumers as well and the shoppers so yeah definitely um, it could be refreshing for the product for the category for the brand and for the uh, organization itself exactly it could be changing the label of the product like you were saying you know, like upgrading the the labels if you have old labels for example and making new labels so it's kind of relaunch and sometimes this uh, you must be very careful uh, that yeah people usually uh, marketing teams of course they make research before going into this step because sometimes it's disastrous i've, I've, I've witnessed some some kind because sometimes uh, your uh, customers are are aligning your product with a certain color code if you change this color code sometimes mm -hmm. in some markets in some areas you really lose dramatically your market, share. So, exactly. uh, your market share. So your market share. So it really must be uh, studied well. It's not a question only of uh, supply chain and putting the product on uh, on shelf on time. As you know, what took, of course, you worked in trade marketing and marketing. This kind of things are, are real. Uh, this kind of researches that has to be done, the consumer researches, uh, studies, questionnaires, uh, and talking about people about the product, what associates the product, why this product is on top of your uh, of your mind. Uh, do you associate the, the, this brand with a certain color? This product with a certain color. So you must be very careful when doing some kind this kind of renovations and, uh, and changing of uh, of labels, especially. Definitely. 100 so, Thank you, Batuk. Thank you, Ahmed. So we'll jump into the next question. Um, I would say that uh, wh what are the factors to consider while renovating from business point of view? I think it's it's very interesting question. Um, definitely, it's an interesting question. It's a <laughs> it's a, it's an it's an abroad and general question as well. It has so many factors that needs to be considered. Please. Uh, if you talk about uh, from business perspective, business is including actually supply chain part of it as well. So you need to make considerations of every single uh, function and segment you have in the business. So if you talk about the considerations, I would say before that, again, the reason of why do we need to relaunch and what is the benefit behind that? Whether you are, you make a PNL simulation, for example, of that relaunch. Uh, Accordingly, the lead time as well is a big factor of make, making a launch of this uh, of this product X, for example. So you need to own a project network before you decide on when you want to relaunch it. Just set the date whether you want to relaunch it, and then you're gonna drag the process backwards. Like if you're doing a, a loss tree or a root cause analysis, for example. So what are the business considerations? Yeah, you need to make considerations of the operational part of it, which is constructing the full network end to end. Uh, gathering the right data and doing a proper business case if the product is coming at a complete shift or a change of price and margin and experience and etc you need to do the right costing you need to do the right pricing as well and then accordingly what is the uh, projected investment that you want to do 
so all of these are just mul multiple considerations that business take take in mind whenever they want to take a decision about that yeah great Wonderful. great one like this yeah. great one and i think that this will be a very broad question and i think this was our core discussion which is how to i would say strike the right balance between liquidating the old stocks from uh, a product and at the same time just reaching to the desired on time in full for a new product i think this question is very uh, broad and i think uh, if you're I looking think, at uh, it and this is yes. what we need to focus and end to end just the illustrations between all of us so you imagine uh, that we that we, that's why you are asking this question ahmed we received actually this question so it's linkedin user i don't know who sent it but it's very clever he's saying with launching new products what are strategies you deal with the existing old products so I love Beautiful that. question. Amazing. Really, really, really. Can we give him applause? Applause? Yes. Applause, yes. applause yes. please. Huh? Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Ahmed, for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> amazing cl clubs for the for the audience today so they to totally deserve by the way for such nice questions yes a great question so um okay i'll i'll, I'll go for that Ahmed. so yeah. uh, before when we discuss the part of the uh or the liquidation or whatever you want to uh, when you say i want to deal with the old product that is available right now um again i would say about the reason of why you're relaunching and the time that you set to do the relaunch actually or where you want to relaunch to be reflected actually on shelf to be available 100 percent um by the way some of the relaunches this is the reason we, we didn't mention some of the relaunches was, were um to recover an error or an issue that happened in the business so that you need to do that as soon as possible so that mm -hmm, you can yeah. uh, uh make sure that the right product is on shelf right now and replace the old product immediately so again, this takes us to the two different types of the relaunches there, where there is the hard, hard transition or there is the bleed and bleed out or the soft mm -hmm. transition, if you want to call it. Um, the hard transition, basically you set a date where you want the product to be 100% available on shelf and then drag the network backwards. Uh, if you don't meet the network at that time, you immediately need to take care of the old stocks, that it, uh, the old products or mm -hmm. stocks or items that is available at every single node of business uh which is what ahmed is mentioning already in the description for the uh, invitation <laughs> yeah. uh it's the it's the retailer the distributors or in case of you have a sub distributors as well your own uh factories materials and your suppliers of that same product as well um for sure maybe the best strategy to have it is uh the bleed and bleed out which is the least uh business waste i would say yes there is business waste effect where you can make sure your product is on shelf and uh, bleeds out of the shelf and immediately with a smooth they call it smooth transition as well you bleed in the new product on shelf right in place after the last piece of product is getting sold perfect exactly exactly perfect and uh, i think as you said because uh, there will be a lot of uh, like uh write-offs and uh, things like that if you want to go for hard uh, conversion and it's uh, really costly for uh, for for the business so uh, yeah uh, definitely the bleed in bleed out is uh, is better you are moving uh, one uh, product by uh, by another if it's change of a new label or something or or relaunch or something so it's uh, it's definitely better to move it uh, like this from the shelf yeah. sometimes of course we, uh, we we there is bundle promotions for the old uh, uh, SKU so that it can move uh, liquidate uh, fast and, uh, and 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 you can launch the new uh, product faster definitely, definitely. I, I like this and I think maybe I speak three hours about this point because <laughs> I love it <laughs> if and I, I think I'll try to cover it as soon as we can but let's start I believe that the run run up run downs or just the relaunches let's keep the core focus from the demand side firstly which is from i would say from the retail side firstly and before doing any relaunches or anything you have to understand uh, the the customer behaviors and the customer needs because as as uh, batuk said some retailers 
uh, in their CDA, they agreed that I will have only a bleed in, bleed out, which will be easier for you because uh, it depends on the supply chain strategies or the stock cover in your uh, echelons inside supply chain, you can supply it quickly. But the, I would say that one of the complexity that you could have when you have a hard transitions, why could be a very uh, hectic? Because again, if you have a hard transition, you have mostly two ways. One, you will accept just to have a provisions for the old stocks. Two, yeah. you will have to return it and if you return it you have to take it into consideration because if you are just deploying it from your distributor and you have looking only from one side which is the distributor then you are blinded away because still this will come one shot and if you don't take it into consideration while you're doing your run, run up run down plans it will come as a business waste and it will be obsolete if you don't put it in your run up run down plan so looking into the retailer from just not only one side from the two sides as i speak and into in it's very essential and the second one i would say i'll cover it from the distributor side and the distribution it's very vague and very complicated one because when you have a distributor who has many branches or many dcs i would always recommend this which is moving from a push to pull what do i mean by here from push to pull when you have a your supply chain network designed like this, you have CDC and you're supplying to your DCs. Uh, if you keep pushing it based on a forecast and just not on, on a real demand, definitely you will have, you know, you will, not, you will never strike the balance between being overstock and over uh, just out of stock. You reach to that point when you have at the end of the product shelf life or the product life cycle, you will not be able to serve it. And this will put you another into another level, which is, cost versus benefits. If I do the push and pull, right? If I do the, the, the push, definitely there is a certain cost, but pull also would be another cost because I will serve directly and my most probably I could have a transportation cost effect. But this is, let's look at it from supply chain into in point of view. What will be the cost extra cost that I would have from transportation because most probably if I, I, I don't serve some nodes from the CDC, uh, what will be the extra cost here versus the cost that I could have as a provision if I don't do it well. So moving, I would say one of the best strategies from distributor, moving from push to pull. Uh, definitely if I'll come back to the factory, uh, and this is just, I would stress on that point, uh, most factories and most of the, the material planning or MRP and the procurement side, they're very operational side. And I give you just an example on that. You will see that most planning, they need to just liquidate whatever stocks that they have in terms of finished goods, in terms of unique components under their finished good code, uh, uh, codes that they have. But the, the right question that we need to have, we need to have a scenario planning. If the business needs like a specific date, if we need to go for this date, because most probably I could have like price increase. What will be the incremental, I would say revenue, if I launch this in this date? And what will be the incremental business waste that I would have because of the finished good that I have in the total echo of supply chain and the unique components? So what are, the message that I want to convey here for the operational guys that you have to look into into it. Don't look just you know from a silo point of view that I need to liquidate uh, some stocks that could cost me like 10k US dollar and at the end of the day I could lose in my top line sales millions because of the price increase so you have to have this end-to-end -end ecosystem this is just my view on that uh, of course I like the points of course you're sharing Ahmed this was uh, very good uh, comprehensive uh, points and of course, it comes back to the vision and why are we launching this uh, innovation by top management? It must be moved from top management to down to the shop floor. Why are we doing this kind of launches? Is it uh, more more work for them and more shifts they are working? Or what, what's the reason and, 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 and why are we doing that? So uh, how, how many, uh, how many uh, it will uh, add to the top line and to the bottom line? All this must be conveyed and the innovation must be dealt with as a project and uh, must we have news even inside the company mm -hmm. that uh, we're doing this uh, launch because because of xyz so everyone everyone in the organization should know 
But of course, Definitely. working on silos, we don't find this in, uh, in all companies. We find even sometimes in uh, companies that they don't know that these products uh, <laughs> exist or that these products belong to the really Ahmed to the portfolio yeah. of uh, of, uh, <laughs> of the products of uh, of the company. So this happens. So communication, of course, and this is very important: internal communication, external communication to your distributors, to your suppliers. We're having that. We're doing that all that so that they, they are aware and they are part of, of course, they are part of this and they should be part of uh, the launching uh, time, of course. At the end of the day, their merchandisers will do the job and they will uh, do the job of uh, bleeding in, bleed out, all that. Yeah, exactly. And of course, uh, well, while you were talking also, I, I've seen also that in tech, for example, they are very clever now on that. We can see iPhone 10, 11, 12, for example, we can see them all at the same time and uh, because the market is big, it's serving different 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 customers so in some industries now they they don't do even they don't feel the bleed in the bleed out because it's the technology and the it's moving faster the product life cycle is short so uh, so really that's uh, it's really interesting uh, point of yes. course an yes. interesting discussion definitely definitely Hamasi. and thanks ahmed also for uh, giving a, a well detailed uh, explanation thank about you. the sun great examples uh, Hamasi provided as thank well you. Thank i just you. Uh, thank need, you. need to, to stress on the most uh, important node of the business whenever you want to decide whether it's a hard it's a hard transition or it's a smooth or bleed and bleed out transition which is one step backwards is the demand generator which is the shopper yeah. or the, the consumer yeah. of the product mm -hmm. uh, that for sure you need to tackle first the product is acceptable and is getting you the right demand uh, that is accordingly going to reflect all the uh, backwards uh, business nodes uh, when you talk about uh, hard transition since regardless it's being the least favorite in terms of cost but there are some certain techniques, by the way, to save up some costs whenever you do a hard transition. Uh, for example, if, if your business is operating on multiple channels, for example, you can allocate some of the products in one of the channels uh, or business channels, basically, whether it's a modern trade, traditional trade, e-commerce, or uh, whether your business is, is ser serving more than one country, for example where mm -hmm. a reallocation in between countries can happen. This is one of the techniques that you can uh, help with reducing the cost or the impact of the hard transition that you might get. Uh, another impact as well, for example, for the factory people, uh, which is whenever you have a material, um, maybe it's not a must to always. And so right off by, by the name itself is not actually an, an unpreferred word, but sometimes it's useful to do it in case of there's a decision of hard, of hard, uh, hard transitioning into yeah. a certain project. Uh, you, you cannot just pay, maybe produce and ship the uh, material maybe just write it off it's going to be at, definitely at a lower yeah, cost and it's, it's going to help this is just on the uh hard transition part but definitely bleed and bleed out is the smoothest it's the uh, uh lowest in business waste and cost accordingly beautifully said hamamsi mm -hmm. if you allow me please please I like what you, you said because it's out of the box thoughts. And especially if you, you're saying that you can re-procure or you can re-export, you can think about just, you know, even after doing your due diligence and your exercise from the business point of view, even if you have incremental turnover or incremental uh, revenues, still you can also deplete or liquidate these uh, products or even unique components to somewhere else and find just like a bed somewhere, which will evenly uh, reduce your supply chain cost and your business waste. I like what you have said. So I think that we have many questions. So let's yeah, jump let's into it quickly. Yeah. Hamamsi, you, you will take this question because uh, it's not easy one. <laughs> no, just you can say it, please. <laughs> yeah, I think, of course, SQ proliferation, you know, that it's uh, like you're taking, uh, there is, when you pump a lot of uh, SKUs in the, in, in the market and and this uh, I think of this also uh, what's happening like in Carrefour and uh, and this uh, some kind of, uh, of, of big shops that you have a lot of SKUs so this is affecting of course small business sometimes small business they cannot penetrate the big 
supermarkets or the big retailers because they, they 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 don't have place. They take from example from one to five, and then you see the private label, for example, of the of the big shops. So so there is no place for the for the small business. So it's really I I, I this is affecting, of course, the the the, the small business. They cannot penetrate some kind of of big markets. Uh, they cannot uh, reach the the profits that uh, that they are looking for. Sometimes they're they just shut uh, shut off or they are out of the market. So small businesses must think of innov innovative ways to to penetrate the market, either through uh, e-commerce, through uh, apps, or for example, mobile apps or something. So it's really, of course, SQ pro proliferation is making a big big impact on, on small and medium uh, businesses, uh, especially. It's a great question from uh, from Mehdi. Uh, def definitely, Hamamsi as well. Uh, uh, if you talk about the number of of, of SKUs or products, yeah. um, it's sometimes it's not just all about about the number. Maybe yeah. uh, just you just need to understand the shopper need behind that product. Mm. Exactly. Uh, number number maybe doesn't matter. So if a company exactly. has uh, twenty SKUs and a company has two SKUs, maybe these two in sales outweigh the twenty SQ, the other twenty. Exactly. SKUs. It depends on the on the. So, you yeah. Definitely. Category and it depends on the the shopper and on the profile. Uh, so sometimes, like you said, by two S or something, if you're putting the right price positioning and targeting the right market, you can uh, you can hit the targets that you are. So it all depends on yeah. the vision, of course, and, <laughs> uh, and uh, what how, how are you going to position your products? Definitely. Yes. I think this this if you're talking, I like this question, yeah. and uh, I think this put us into another strategy for the big companies which is the sq rationalization exactly. that most companies that uh, i would say it very loudly but uh, there is no harm feeling about that when you come to a, a marketeer and you are talking about uh, the way or the system thinking that you use to rationalize some sqs even if it's in the tail of the category itself i keep saying it when you just show it in a financial point of view from revenue from margin from profit from moqs from anything the first thing that they will say i needed this sq is strategic this yeah. sq i need to put it in that way and think like this from the other point that as as uh, batuk said that from i could have two sqs right they and another company or competitor has like uh, 20 SQs, right? But these two SQs, because I have the laser focus, I have my market share. And as you Bottom said, line. Price, yes, yeah. and price that the right uh, price positioning and right uh, price index that I put it in the marketplace. And I focus, I keep the laser focus on that. While at the other side, you will see these 20 SQs, they put it, they take space on the shelf most probably they are overstocked even on the shelf they take many face many depth but the sell out i would say frequency it's very low so sometimes the cannibalization happen for this sometimes you're eating from your own market share sometimes you find the promotions so you're making a lot of promotions you're making a lot of losses sometimes you'll find yourself by like you said have 100 SKUs, for example in a market or something and you're making uh, uh, you're almost making zero or one percent the bottom line, two percent bottom line. I've seen this in some some companies. So sometimes it's a burden to have uh, a lot of a lot of SQs. Yes. So that that's why we have also to be educated, and we have to have a very sharp, clear vision and strategy about the business. It's not just by the amount of the SQs, because uh, most organizations they look at it from just one perspective or one dimension. They ignore what's happening in their supply chain networks. Most probably, if you have some SQs in the tail of uh, the category itself, I guarantee you that they have some challenges for the MOQs and transportation, even yes. utilization, loadability. And all of these costs are hidden. Nobody in the supply chain if the, can, the can just, yes, just exactly. show it the to them. Exactly. The problem sometimes, Ahmed, when the category gets so big, nobody focuses on the details. You take the, the whole picture <laughs> exactly. and you don't take like, deep dive, yes. deep dive on the granular level. So just, yeah, this market is profitable. Okay, you don't go down <laughs> to the level of SQ and sometimes you have losing SQs, but the total picture is okay. So just keep it because, like you said, this is a strategic SQ while it's losing and you're losing money on it. Yeah, exactly. So thank you, Muhammad Batouk and Hamamsi. We we'll jump into the next question. Our LinkedIn user, 
He's ah, awesome. this is the one. This is the one <laughs> yeah. that we took. This is the Maybe one that I we took. We, we just, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for this great question. This, uh, we gave them a clap, actually. Yeah. This is Shall we give it clap. again? Next yes, time. please. We'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will we, we know who is LinkedIn user for sure. Thank you yes. for this great question. Our next uh, question from Muhammad. He's asking, can we say the company needs uh, to demonstrate itself factors like matching with a certain trend in the market, adding new values to the product? Um, if I understand the question uh, correctly, uh, maybe yes, pre-launching sometimes. Uh, is to catch a certain trend in the market is yeah. to meet competition somehow uh it's sometimes a shift of the total product uh experience when i say for example uh i, I want to change a product segment we know that in segmentation of products for example we have the value for money products or the cheapies yeah. i would say the lower cost and basically giving you a value for less money and then you have a mass product that is for everyone. And then you have a super premium product and a premium yes. product for sure. So maybe the relaunch that you do is actually to move it from a segment to another. And maybe it's to catch a trend. Maybe it's to meet a competition or certain competitor or trend in the market that you're seeing. Uh, definitely super valid question, Mohammed. Thank, Thank you, Mohammed. Thank you, Mohammed, uh, for this great question. I think uh, we have another question from Laila Shaban. Thank you for tuning in, Laila. She's saying, hello, guys. I think we should follow up on the product life cycle of each SQs that will help to adjust the desired stocks. What do you think? Excellent. Excellent. I think that's excellent because not a lot of uh, companies look at the product uh, life cycle. Is it in the maturity? Is it going to the decline now or not? And they don't go deep, as we said, on the level of... Uh, and ask you to check uh, where the product is in the, in the product life cycle because of course it differs from one industry to another but yes it will help us to put the like the desired uh, uh, safety stock level all that depending on uh, not only on abc analysis xyz analysis all this kind and the product life cycle goes goes inside this so if you are going into decline you don't need to carry uh, so much stocks if you're going of course in your growth or maturity you need to carry uh, some stocks because this is the the time where the sq is flying and, uh, and it's like the cash cow of the company so i like this question from Leila shaban very clever yeah uh, what do you think that... uh the yeah i was i was gonna comment on the question um uh, they, they always say when you when you when you get into uh details of the uh total of the topic in general you forget about the basics and one of the most yeah. important operational points of all the networks and all the things that we've talked about which is the product life cycle actually yes if you're trying a bleed and bleed out and product is expiring is expiring on the shelf or expiring at the yeah. retailer end or expiring at your dis distribu distribution center or distribution distributed warehouses whatever uh then it's pointless definitely you should not follow a bleed and bleed out this is a, a really big consideration that needs to be factored in uh liquidation solutions can be offered uh an immediate may, maybe price discount or extra visibility that can be implemented to just avoid hitting a certain uh, threshold of, of the shelf life beautiful beautiful Great. Great. thank you so much for this uh, great answer so we jump into the next question from our friend Osama Al-Aid. He's saying, good evening, guys. We agreed that relaunch the product, which may add value. On the other hand, we saw some products that had adverse results. What are the reasons behind this? I think it's I very think nice. I think he's talking very nice. Talking about failures in, uh, in, in, uh, in relaunch or failures in uh, launching at uh, uh, which is uh, which is common, by the way. It happens for and for very big uh, companies. They have a, a very successful launch, and then they have uh, some uh, some failures. But uh, the great thing is that you don't know about these failures. Of these failures, they try to hide it some somehow. Uh, but you so they'll seem very fo focused focus on their uh, on, on the success of some launch. But really, you'll hear from some big companies that uh, they failed in some uh, some launches. Mohammed, take us on some of the reasons why uh, why launches uh, fail, because this is a very interesting topic. A very interesting topic and a difficult question as well. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it reflects uh, 
uh, the reality we see when we go to any supermarket or any hypermarket when we pass by that we see so many new products that we don't even want to buy, for example. Yeah. So what what could be the reasons behind this? Uh, maybe it's some um, it's um it's a mis uh, understanding of the consumer need behind the relaunch that we have done mm -hmm. on this product. Maybe it's a it's a saving uh, project that we decided to do that, but it affected the full product experience whether if it's a food item it affected the taste for example of the product whether it's uh, uh, a, an image related that we exactly. tried to reposition the brand in a certain way and we we were not able to do that whether it's a revision of the price for example we aim to get mm. higher margins and we exactly. reviewed it and Great. we put it on a price that is even higher than the uh, the shopper uh, capacity mm. exactly mm. for the for that specific segment if it's a mass mm -hmm. product, for example, and I aim it for the people who are belong to that mass segment, why do I even put it at the price of a very uh, premium product? Definitely. I like what you said, guys. It's summarizing everything. If you can allow me just to add the one thing. I think one of the biggest pitfalls, and I think also I had uh, created many episodes about this. Yeah, episodes about that. that. Yeah. How yeah. to build failed innovation successfully. Launch and launch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, in in the the five stages of the product life cycle, and each one we can speak about it like thousands of hours, literally. But let me just give you like a glimpse about the main challenge: why most innovations failed. And you will be surprised that uh, talk about the segment of FMCG, fast moving consumer goods, and this uh, the just the trend, or I would say survey happened in 2019, if I do remember correctly, that 99% from the total innovations that happened across all multinational companies were failed. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest reasons, it's because of the pricing, the price, the price strategy that they, they used. And let me be very clear about this, and just I, I don't need to dig deep about it, but clarity i would say and being clear and the ethics that we could have just uh, in the organization itself the capabilities and understanding your markets and especially from marketing point of view when you put your pricing to fulfill your customers or consumer not your p and l and one of the biggest pitfalls i keep saying it that most marketers that they like to see just reports or their p and l in a green or just a colorful uh, way. But when it comes to the reality, when we uh, see what are the drivers and what are uh, what have been done in the development stages, especially when we do a relaunch or a new innovation, you will find that it's an illusionary documentation. Nothing is being in on the real world. There is nothing happened with, I would say, very sufficient data with uh, the consumer and shopper understanding what their needs and building this into PL will never serve the company at all. And this is, I would say, can you imagine with me, 99% from mm -hmm. the innovations were felt because of the pricing strategies, nothing else. So keeping clarity, understanding your shopper profiles and consumers, this will be able, by this way, you'll be able to cater for and innovate for the customer, not for the PL. This is what yeah. I, I would yeah, say that's, that's that's a good one yes yes Definitely. thank you thank you so much can you see um, uh, i'll say uh, we have our friend aisha nice thank, thank you, you so much we'll send some greetings also for our friends yes. for sure yes of osama, osama, Hi, osama of course our great friend thank, thank yes, you so much thank you so much us. for tuning in our friend osama thank also you. an amazing show thank, <laughs> thank, you, you. thank you thank you osama. thank you so much our friend Carla. Carla. Hi, yes, happy Carla. Sunday, happy friends. Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Our friend Mustafa. Mustafa Suleiman from Egypt. Thanks. Hi. Thank Mustafa. you so thank much, you. Mustafa Suleiman. Our friend Muhammad. Yes, based on the corporate objectives, this profitable percentage value sales stocks. Thank you so much for your thank uh, you for your value adding. Comment. Yes. Our friend Carla. My godson has developed a, a type SQ device. It's quite fascinating, not mentioned convenient. Thank you so much for Thank your you, intervention here. Uh, do you see any question? Because I, I'm trying to scroll down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't see uh, I don't see uh, questions uh, now because I don't see all the comments. But uh, 
definitely it's a very interesting uh, uh, topic and uh, i've seen a great uh, great uh, uh, comments from uh, from our audience and questions even they got all the questions that we were putting uh, almost ahmed so uh, it was uh, definitely uh, definitely a healthy discussion today and i'm, uh, I'm uh, happy about the level of, uh, of the people joining us uh, from from everywhere and asking the right questions of course and uh, muhammad of course enlightened us with, with a lot of uh, great uh, great information thank you so much thank uh, you it's, it's really lovely uh there first first of all being a guest in and this uh amazing uh podcast which i'm a fan of which you guys are already knowing and uh, second of all, for having Thank this you. session on such a pro on such a topic that actually needs more than one episode to talk about it and cover it end to end, it's it's really big. I just spoke about what is on my experience, but it's uh, if if you, if you imagine it, it's like a sea where you just I just spoke about a tiny part of it. Um, a, a great interaction from the audience as well. Thank you for all the valid questions and. Uh, they were super helpful in explaining the points that we stressed in this uh, session. Thank you again, Mohammed, for uh, your lovely insights. It was a pleasure hosting you. And uh, we oh. wish you all the best in your new step in your career. And yeah, in it's, your uh, it's a great, great step, uh, Mohammed, and all the Thank best you so for much. you. You are uh, a born entrepreneur, I can see it, and uh, all the Thank best you so for much. you. Thank yes. you so Thank much. You Thank you, guys. And special thanks also for our lovely audience who engaged with us today and uh, wait us and stay tuned also for our next episode with uh, also a great subject matter expert next week. So thank you guys and have a great night. Thank, thank you. you all. Thank Bye -bye. you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our global S&OP community podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.co or ahmedkhaled.co. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could transform your life. Stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in S&OP. Have a wonderful week ahead.